0: As Peter has already said, this is a reading from Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 4, verses 5 to 18. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal." This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray for Sarah, Sarah, shall we? Father, may your power and uh, your glory be shown now as Sarah preaches from your words. And may, may she know your peace and all of us, uh, your wisdom as your word is worked out in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Morning, again. Um, It was strange, I felt myself gravitating towards the piano instead of over here. Strange being up here, but it's uh, good to talk to you all. Um, Now, I don't want you to worry, those of you who were here on Thursday, I'm not going to be doing a Nepali sermon, which is like two hours long. Don't worry, I won't speak for that long. Um, so this passage that, uh, has been read to us is one that God brought me back to again and again, uh, in our time away. And there's so much in it, so much. in It is so rich in wisdom. And, uh, I know I'm only going to be scratching the surface of what God has to say through it. Um, but I hope I can share with you what God's taught me through it. Now there's a place in Kathmandu called Bhaktapur. Uh, now, this is one of three old cities that joined together um, to create what is now Kathmandu. And Bhaktapur is famous for its pottery. Um, you see on the streets these piles of pots and clay jars. Can you see where this is going? Um, and they're really beautiful. And I actually bought one. I haven't told her this, but I actually bought one to give one to mum. It was small and very pretty. Um but the problem is, is I knocked it off my uh, bedside table and it fell on the floor and broke. And I did try putting it back together, but I used BlueTack, tack which isn't usually <laughs> useful. <laughs> um, and so it fell off again and broke into lots of different pieces. So sorry, Mum, you didn't get you didn't get that. I got her something else, so it's OK. Um, but I found that quite, when I, thought back to that, I found it quite a stark illustration of the um, fragility of clay jars, like Paul is saying, the illustration in this passage. When we were away, God showed me a lot of my fragility. <laughs> um, there were times when I've never been so aware of my own weakness and my brokenness. In the first uh, three or four weeks, I struggled quite a bit with culture shock. Um, I found it really quite hard to settle in. Everything was new. Everything was different. Um, I really miss home and I got like a jolt whenever I heard our landlord speaking Nepali. I just, it was, it was like a reminder I was in this different country and, um, it was really hard to settle in and especially, and this is not their fault at all, but the others didn't really experience culture shock at all. Um, and then the thought of being here, being there for six months when I was struggling like this after three weeks, I was crying out to God saying, I'm not coping with this. How am I going to do this for this amount of time? And I know you've called me overseas long-term and here I am freaking out after three weeks. And I had all these scenarios in my head. God, what if you call me to do this? Or what if you call me to do this and ask me to do this? And it's all very scary. Um, God, I don't think I can do this. I can't cope. Also, those of you who have kept up with the blogs might have known that we were ill a lot as a team. I get the prize for the weakest immune system. I was ill for about six and a half, seven weeks in total. Uh, but Jenny, she gets the prize for the strongest. She was only ill for about a week and a half. Um, and it was really hard. We were thinking, God, why did you bring us here if we're going to be in bed for half the time? And also, our fourth team member really struggled with her mental health as well. And Rachel has had to pull out of Tor because of her battle with depression. You see, these, these bodies we walk around in and the minds we take with us are fragile. They're susceptible to illness and to fear, to stress. And we all have weaknesses and situations which we struggle to cope with and deal with. These are all sorts of all sorts of forms they take, about our self, our insecurities or our sins, or Practical things like family problems or work and relationships, school, all sorts. And I know I'm not the only one who really feels, um, really struggles with these situations in the world and never so aware of the brokenness of our world. But God doesn't leave us in our brokenness. He's not up on some cloud looking down at us in a broken mess, waiting for us to pick ourselves up before he can use us. The passage doesn't stop at fragile jars of clay. He wants us to be aware of our weaknesses, of our failings and brokenness, because then we can show, as it says in verse 7, that this all-surpassing power this sin surpassing illness surpassing fear surpassing stress insecurity money troubles exams family problems marriage issues future worries this all surpassing power is from god and not from us oh i like that (laughs) see we live in a society that is all about me 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 you've got to be strong you've got to be independent if you fall, you've got to pick yourself up and no one can help you but yourself. But God says otherwise. It's not I can do all things through whatever strength I can get, whether that be coffee or the gym or whatever. Um, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's about God and not about me. It's his incredible treasure that he chooses to put in this broken, fragile jar of clay. But what is this treasure? In verse six, it says that it's the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The knowledge of God's glory. And back in Kathmandu, that's what he said to me. Um, that was his answer. When I was, a, when I was struggling with culture shock and freaking out about my future, um, I was telling him I couldn't cope. And his reply, very simply, was, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And just like that, I had peace. Because he reminded me who he was. It's his glory and his strength and his faithfulness. The incredible power of the creator God who holds the universe in his hands. And not only that is interested in me. He loves me. He's surrounding us and he's sustaining us. So the next question God posed to me was, why are you afraid? that's a very good question, God. <laughs> he showed me there a glimpse of what it means to laugh without fear of the future. Because whatever happens, whatever I do, wherever I go, whatever happens to me and whatever I go through, nothing is stronger, and more powerful than what we've been given by God, which is himself that's the treasure he's chosen by his almighty grace to equip us with his treasure that's what's guiding us through the ups and downs of life now I know that there are many people in this congregation today who have been through a lot and I know there are many who are going through a lot but I want to read you these couple of verses to say say what Paul says it means to have this treasure Says, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. I'm going to read that again because I love it. We are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. You know, something I love about the Bible is that it doesn't pretend. It's very real. It doesn't say that life is going to be perfect and great all the time when you give it to Jesus. Quite the opposite, actually. One of Jesus's less talked about promises is that in this world, you will have trouble. And But again, with Jesus, it doesn't stop there. He says, but don't be afraid because I have overcome the world. Now, when Paul is writing this, um, he's experienced a lot of persecution. He's been heavily persecuted. He knows what it is to face real trouble. And he is constantly um, faced with the threat of being put to death for his faith. And here he's being real. He's saying, yeah, we are hard-pressed. We're overwhelmed and we're confused. We don't know what's going on. We're being persecuted and we're being struck down. And that's okay. It's okay to say we don't know what's going on, that things are really hard. He doesn't deny that and pretend that everything's great. But again, he doesn't stay there. He claims God's hope. He is certain of God's truth. And he doesn't waver from the knowledge of this treasure that is in him and what it means for him. He acknowledges the fact of the human condition. Like it says in verse 10, that we carry around the death of Jesus in our bodies. But because of the life and the resurrection of Jesus, we're not crushed. We're not in despair. we are never abandoned and we're never destroyed. And verse 14, it says, it shows the extent of this. He says that even if he's put to death, and he does die, will be raised with Jesus, and he'll be with him forever. So even if it gets to that point, we don't lose heart. This passage is full of supposed paradoxes. On one side, we have the darkness and the difficulty, the hardship, what's described in verse 18 as what is seen. But on the other side, we have the light and the life, and the strength, the treasure, what is unseen. That amazing verse of when outwardly we are fading away, but inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Life comes from death. It's a message of hope, of renewal, of incredible grace. And it's a message that this broken, hurting world needs to hear, which leads to a challenge for me, certainly. A section I haven't touched on, which says, I believe, therefore I speak. It's a statement, it's a given, an inevitability almost. For Paul, the advancement of the gospel is the most important thing. Faith naturally leads to testimony. You don't hide a light under a bucket. And it's a real challenge for me. You know, I realized a while ago, I'm more likely to tell someone of a film I just watched. Or a restaurant I went to than the amazing news of what Jesus has done. And I was thinking, why is that? Why is that that I recommend these things? And I think, okay, well, I think it's worth it for them that they're gonna see a good film or get some good food. So, what's different? What stops me from sharing the most important thing in the universe that's changed my life forever? Sometimes it's fear of rejection, of looking weird. Um, or of people thinking I'm telling them what to believe. But also it comes back to that clay jar, because it's about showing people your weaknesses. If I'm sharing the good news, I'm saying I'm weak and I need saving. But if you think of that clay jar, if you imagine a jar which is broken, it's got cracks, and it's got holes in it, and you put a candle in it, where is it that you can see that light the clearest? there we go, God shines through our weaknesses and our brokenness. I heard someone say recently that the greatest witness is showing people what it's like to need the gospel. People nowadays don't believe they need God and they don't appreciate being told that they need saving. So how about we show them? God says his power is made perfect in weakness. So let's testify to the full extent of God's power by being real about our weaknesses and what God's done through them. And yeah, it's scary because you've got to be vulnerable with people. But what I really believe God is saying is, do we believe the treasure is worth people seeing the fragility of our jar of clay? Do we believe it's worth it? Okay. Uh, Do we believe that the treasure is worth people seeing the fragility of our jar of clay? Do we believe it's worth it to show our weaknesses and uncertainty? It comes from a place of humility and a place of understanding the almighty grace of God. But I want to encourage you because, yeah, despite the jar of clay, the weaknesses, the brokenness that we all have. God values you. He values you individually. He can use you, and he wants to use you. You have something to offer. He's gifted you to further his kingdom. Isn't that incredible? Despite all of this, that grace that he loves you, he wants to use you, and he will use you despite Everything. We're going to have a response time. Um, I've got a box. Would you be able to bring it up? Is that right? Um, I really hope there's enough, and I'm not sure there will be. But I've got a box of pieces of broken flower pot. Do you want to just shove it down here? Don't know. Thanks. <laughs> um, and Dad and the band are going to sing a song. And I encourage you to come out and get a piece of. Um, a piece of clay here. And as Dad plays, I encourage you to look at it and to ask God to help you pray through some things. Firstly, I ask you to help God, to ask God for help, um, to make peace with the fact that you are broken, that we are broken, we're not perfect. And thank God for the amazing grace in saving us and wanting to use us that we have this treasure, the glory of God himself with us and in us and working through us. And also, I encourage you to pray for situations that seem hopeless, that need reminding of the truth of God's hope, that we're not destroyed and we're not in despair and we're never abandoned. And then I encourage you to ask where he can use you in spite of and because of your weaknesses. What situation, what person needs to hear that truth and hope? I'm going to pray for us before we do this. Father God, I thank you for this passage that is so encouraging and challenging. God, I thank you that you choose to use us. You choose to, um, to inhabit us despite us being broken. Lord, I thank you that nothing is beyond your reach that through our weaknesses, you are strong and that our weaknesses are an amazing testament to what you've done. Father God, I pray that your um, truth about your grace and your encouragement would just seep into our hearts, Lord. Thank you that there is always hope and that you can use us in the scary situations, in the difficult situations, that you use us to be your light. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.